All right. Trayvon. What's up, man? I'm going to move this up. It's too far back for me. And also, you know, all of you are right here. So I feel like that's necessary. Oh, we should probably start this off the right way. There we go. Okay. There you go. Okay, Youth Ministry Matters. And that's how we always started out. Uh, friends, welcome. And, and I really am glad that you're here. Um, we are, we're doing a little bit of a small group. Um, you know, in, in youth ministry, you learn to just kind of work with things on the fly. And so today's, today's this morning session will be a, a small group, and that's fine. Uh, no, this is uh, an opportunity for us to be, I'm excited about this year's Sundays in July because it, it does serve as an opportunity for us to be a little bit more direct and vulnerable with you about what our church is about, uh, the reason we do things the way that we do, what we care about as a church. What are the things that make Grace Church what it is? And we're trying to bear all that out um, in a clear way, in a way that would help you understand that when you come to Grace, there are particulars about being here. And so my job this morning um, is to be helpful to you towards why we do youth ministry and, and why we do it in this particular way. So let me pray for us, and then we'll get started with our time together. Father, thank you for uh, this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to gather. I pray for everyone who is teaching in any way this morning. Pastor John, be with him as he opens up your gospel and makes it clear. Uh, We pray for the other seminars that are taking place this morning and that in everything, every conversation and discussion that would happen across our campus, not only would we come to understand Grace Church better, but that we would come to love the gospel of Jesus. And in so doing, that we would be more adamant Uh, more devoted towards making Christ known in our communities, in our families, in our workplace, in our schools, whatever it might be, God, that you would help us uh, to take the things that we learn on a Sunday morning and apply them in week-long life and ministry. Thank you for the opportunity we have now to even discuss the ins and outs of youth ministry, and I pray that as we do so, we would come to a clearer understanding of our church and that we would have a, a clearer appreciation for what you're doing here at Grace. We thank you for this time and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, why don't you turn in your Bible with me to Ecclesiastes 11. Ecclesiastes 11, verse uh, 9 is where I want to begin this morning. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 9. And the handout that you have in front of you, number one, it's titled Principles for High School Ministry, and that's because... I forgot to change it to youth ministry, and I love my ministry, so there you have it. Number two, it's what we'll go through in a minute here, and as you can tell, it's not going to be, uh, I'm not doing quite an exposition this morning. Uh, I'll be jumping around from different texts, and you'll have them before you, Uh, but I do want to set the tone for this conversation with the text that is before us now. So Ecclesiastes 11, and begin with me here uh, in verse Actually, begin with me in verse 8. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. But let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. And let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. 
and particularly verse 9, is a, a huge sticking point for how we do youth ministry here at Grace Church. And I know what you might be thinking, the book of Ecclesiastes really isn't Solomon lost and weird and confused in this book. Uh, no, but we can talk about Ecclesiastes as a whole another time. What we can understand is that Ecclesiastes is a book given to us not simply by Solomon, but by God, and it's given to us to serve as a, a piece of wisdom. It gives us insight into life, and it informs us not only about how we should think of God, but how we should think of ourselves. And in light of our knowledge of God, and in light of what we know to be true, even of a book like Ecclesiastes, where the final verse is one that all of us kind of go to, right? When you study this book, you end up in Ecclesiastes 12, and you read, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I think when we read this book, we come to this summary point and we think that's it. So that's all we need to know. There's so much more in here. And in particular, 11.9 gives us a particular insight for youth ministry and for young people as a whole that I think is helpful. Notice how it talks about this young man in their youth, which is me and my high schoolers. Maybe not you. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Enjoy it. Cherish it. Maximize it. Allow the days of your youth to bring you ultimate and and true gladness. And look at the message thereafter. It's not common when we talk to young people, but walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. That's an interesting statement. I remember when we were studying this book here in high school ministry, I actually had one of our students look at me and say, I don't, is this really a book that you want to preach to high schoolers? And it was a phenomenal question. And the answer is yes, for many reasons. One, it's in the Bible, so we can teach it. And number two, I do think that it clarifies a particular perspective about young people that oftentimes is missing. When we think of young people or we think of youth ministry, our, our inkling is to, is to think of them as we would our six-month-old or our one-year-old or a two-year-old. It's no, 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 no. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. And if that's how you train up a child when they're a toddler, I totally get it because sticking a finger in a socket is not a good idea. But if that's how you're training up a teenager, you might be missing the way that God desires for you to train up a teenager. In particular, God desires for a teen to enjoy life, to have their heart full of cheer, to walk in the ways of their heart and the sight of their eyes, to enjoy life to its fullest, not without a very key note of perspective, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. It's incredible how the Bible balances everything so well for us. Here we have a a clear picture of a philosophy of ministry that we'll talk about in a second here, one in which enjoyment and judgment come together. Being free because of who God is and also having parameters and barriers because of who God is, those two things aren't at odds with each other. They actually work together. And that's what Ecclesiastes has to say to young people. Enjoy yourself. Let your heart cheer you. 
Walk in the ways of your heart, the sight of your eyes. Uh, do whatever it is that would please you. Go, ha- go, go have fun. Go enjoy life. And yet know this, whatever you do, you'll have to answer to God for it. And that's a sobering reality, right? It also does limit our freedom to some extent. We can then recognize that when Solomon writes to us here to cheer your heart and to walk in the ways of your heart and to enjoy the things that are pleasant to the eyes, it isn't talking about things that would be at odd with God's character. God will judge everything all of us do. So all of us have a peculiar freedom in life and yet also the parameters which God sets. God sees all things God knows all things, and as this book ends for us, he will bring every deed into judgment, every secret thing, whether it's good or whether it's evil. All the things that we do are before God in a way which he will assess them with perfect holiness, perfect righteousness, and perfect judgment. Now, I think that oftentimes with our young people, we go really hard on that end. God will judge you. Everything you do is seen. Everything you do is known. So just know you'll ultimately be judged. Amen. Do we also know that God is the same God who will judge but also cause young people to have a little bit of freedom, to enjoy this season of life? When we have this conversation with our parents, the way that I discuss it is simply this. The fact that we're working with youth, young people, It's easy to think of the challenges and the difficulties that come with that season of life. And yet that's also a good season of life. Young people, especially in our ministry, 13 to 18, have a particular energy and drive at life that, I'll admit it, I don't have anymore. I've tried to keep up and I can't. I can't hang with young people anymore. They're stronger than me. They're faster than me. Some of that has to do with my physique, I know. But a lot of that has to do with that I'm past 30 now. And so... I can't keep up with the 15-year-olds the way I used to. And that's a bad thing for me, but I think that's a reminder to young people that they're in a season of life that's special. It's designed by God for them to maximize that kind of youthfulness. And so when we're talking about youth ministry, and we're talking about it from the lens that we see here in Ecclesiastes, we have to be so careful that we don't conflate youthfulness with sinfulness. Now, youthfulness does come with plenty of immaturity. But I was there once, and so were many of you, or at least the small group of you that are here. We were there. And I think we would all understand that not all immaturity is sin either. It's a sign of the development that still needs to take place in our hearts and in our lives. And so at Grace Church, as we think about youth ministry, we think about it through this lens. We want it to be a place, and we want it to be a ministry by means that these students get an opportunity to be who they are, young people, youth, whether that's in high school or junior high or in children's, we want them to maximize the season of life that they're in. But we don't do that aimlessly, and we don't do that without a purpose. Our goal as we seek to maximize the the youthfulness that exists in our church is to watch as these kids grow and are developed into Christ-likeness either coming to know him for the first time or growing in him to the point that they leave our ministries different than they came in. We want them to enjoy and we want them to have fun and we have an opportunity to be a part of that in their lives. But our purpose and our goal is to see them thrive and grow and that by means of the power of the gospel. 
the God who ultimately will judge all of us for everything that we do is the God who's given us his son. And his ultimate judgment is this. All who believe in his name will have eternal life. That's the judgment that comes from heaven. I'll be talking about it in a moment in high school ministry. And so as we think about that in light of our young people, that's the aim that we have. Enjoying life and making much about the gospel. Now, before you, you probably have uh, this sheet that I've put together that's a a bit of a philosophy of ministry for us. And it's what I want to work through to, to further understand the way that we think about youth ministry at our church. You'll notice at a church like ours, uh, we care richly about theology and doctrine. We care richly about the truth. And so because of that, I think that rightly so, many think of Grace Church as a no-nonsense context. And I think they'd be right. We take God very seriously. And yet, I've shared this before with people. One of the reasons I was so excited to become the high school pastor here at Grace is because I knew the support and how adamant our pastors are that we're in the lives of our young people. And that in a serious way, absolutely, but that also in a way that's most fruitful for them. And so I'm excited about talking through these things because I think you'll notice youth ministry at Grace is a little bit different than every other place in our church, and that's okay. There's going to be differences in the ways that ministries are run, in particular the ways that we run student ministries at Grace. And that's okay because you'll see that the ultimate purpose of this is seeing Christ known and Christ exalted. Uh, Look with me. If you don't have, uh, by the way, if you don't have a copy of this sheet, I'm happy to have have it passed around. Our dear friend, Matt Palladium, will do so. Thank you, Matt. If you need one, just raise your hand and we'll get one to you. In light of that, let's look through these 10... Uh, aspects of our philosophy of youth ministry here at Grace. And hopefully this will provide some context for not only why we do youth ministry, but how we do it, okay? Number one, principles for youth ministry, even though I was a little selfish and said high school ministry, I meant to say youth ministry. I couldn't help myself. Number one, young people have a soul too. Young people have a soul too. And we might discuss this again later on, but I think oftentimes at a church, youth ministry is thought of or is expected to be some kind of daycare service. We have youth ministry because it's a means by which parents get to go do what they need to do in church, and then kids get to be watched by someone at our church, and, and that's how it works so that in that way, everyone is kind of served. Well, that's to some extent true. I think one of the reasons that we have youth ministry is so that parents and adults can go out and enjoy the life of the church in the way that they should. But another reason, and probably the most important reason we have youth ministry at our church is because we genuinely believe that each of those individuals, each of those young people in our ministries has a soul that is accountable to God. Each of those children, each of those young people will ultimately stand before God one day and have to give account for their life. And so we see it as a stewardship, not to be some kind of babysitting service, but to be the kind of people who will present the gospel to these young people so that they might know who God is and they might have the right answer before him. 
And that answer will not be their own works. That answer will not be that they're good enough. That answer will not be that they've tried a lot. The answer will not be that they're impressive to God. The answer will be that Jesus is sufficient to save and to sanctify. Young people have a soul too. Ecclesiastes 12, 7, the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. That goes for all of us. Whether you're 80 or 18, your soul belongs to God. And so you all will give answer to God for your life. Matthew 10, 28, don't fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy, destroy both soul and body in hell. Hebrews 9, 27, just as it's appointed for a man to die once, after that comes judgment. Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This is the heart of our ministry to young people. We have a great time, we'll talk about that. We do a lot of events, and we'll talk about that. We do a lot of camps, and those are both wild but also very enriching, and we'll talk about that. The main reason that myself and the staff that are in high school ministry, the the members in our church that care about junior high, the members in our church that care about children's, the, the reason that all of those folks invest into these ministries is because when they see a young person, they see a soul accountable to God. That's number one. Now, because that is true, the method for us in these ministries is the same as the method elsewhere in ministry. And so number two, we preach the word. A heavy emphasis of our ministries is that we preach the word. And I think you'll know that in every ministry that takes on its own form, and we can talk about that in a second, but that precedent is set for us very clearly in scripture. We don't get to come up and strategize the ways in which we'll talk to people about Jesus. The best way to talk to people about Jesus is how Jesus says to talk about himself. And so when he says, and his word says, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. That's what we will do. Youth ministry prizes the word of God. I, in and of myself, have nothing to offer a young person that's any different to any of you or any different to anyone in our church. Uh, My opinion is not valid. My preferences don't really matter. What matters in our ministry is that we make much of Christ and that by means of the proclamation of his word. And that's why we have Colossians 1.28. It simplifies ministry for us. Three key words, him we proclaim. We can talk a lot of things in ministry. We can talk about a lot of things even in youth ministries that are more related to teenagers. And yet the aim of our ministry and the one thing that will work in our ministry is proclaiming Jesus. So that's what we're committed to doing. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. You'll notice that those two verses have something in common. That as we proclaim Christ... And as we make much of Jesus, maturity follows. And so as we talk about the reason that we preach the word, the reason we do that is because maturity in the gospel only comes from the proclamation of who Jesus is. There's a lot of things that we do in our ministry, but this truly is the high point. 
We make much of God's word because we want to see students knowing Christ and growing in Christ. And the only way that that's going to happen is by means of proclaiming him. Now, number three, preaching the word is good. And preaching the word truly is the focal point of our church and of our ministries. But if all we ever did was come into a church on a Sunday morning or even come to a church on a Wednesday night and hear the word and leave from there and do nothing with it, we would be misunderstanding what the word is trying to do in our hearts. And so, number three, we provide discipleship. The reason that we're so adamant about preaching the word is because our understanding is that as believers, we care about the word not simply for 30 or 40 minutes. We care about the word day in and day out. It's what drives our life. It's what drives our conversations. It's what drives our spirituality before God. And so we preach the word, but we also provide means to watch that word cultivated in the hearts of our young people. That comes to us from Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. This is Jesus' call to his disciples as to how to do ministry. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The call that Jesus gives in ministry is a discipleship call. And so we try to make this clear even to our young people. There isn't two different groups that exist. There aren't Christians and disciples. It doesn't work that way. All Christians are disciples. And so in our ministry, we're trying to help young people understand that. It's truly counting the cost of what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we're clear with our young people that it isn't Christian to just come to church. And it isn't Christian to go to a Bible study. It isn't Christian because you read the Bible. It's Christian because you love Jesus, and that's the focal point of your life every waking moment that you exist. Christianity is a holistic kind of faith. It dominates every facet of your life. And so because of that, we are called to provide that kind of discipleship. And we do that by means of the people that serve in our ministry. The folks that serve in our youth ministry are not just simply here to watch kids on a Sunday morning. They're here to know who these kids are and how they can benefit them. They know their pains. They know their hurts. They know their joys and their successes. They understand who these kids are so that they can come to them with the word of God and provide for them a means to grow in the power of that word. It's reminiscent of 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. It's also reminiscent of Titus 2. Why don't you turn there really quickly so that we can read it together. But in Titus 2, we see this kind of model set up for us. Beginning in verse 1. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what's good, and so train younger women to to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge younger men to be self-controlled, and show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, 
And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity. And I think that's really the key to discipleship that we're talking about in youth ministry. And it's really the standard that we set for the people that serve in our ministry. So when we say that we provide discipleship, we're providing the kind of discipleship that offers these kinds of things to these young people. We're grateful because in our ministry, we have a lot of uh, friend groups that are uh, believing friends groups. And so we see how kids are growing because they have Christian friends. But what's more is they need people who've been there and done that as it comes to the Christian life. And we provide that for them in the context of our youth ministry. Now, youth ministry doesn't simply exist for the sake of students. And I think that's important for all of us to understand. Number four here, notice that we've said we're here to provide support for parents. And support is very different than babysitting. Now, I enjoy babysitting. The only way I ever get to go on a date these days is someone comes over and takes care of four monster babies that we have. We love those monster babies. They're awesome. And so I do understand the need for that kind of thing, but I hope we can come to terms with the fact that youth ministry is so much more. It's a means by which we come alongside you as a family, and we help you in in doing the kind of thing that God has called you to do in your home. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Now, if you've noticed with me, those two texts and many others like them in scripture are not talking to youth ministers. They're not talking to youth pastors. They're talking to you. They're talking to parents. They're talking to fathers and mothers. And they're giving you a glimpse into how it is that you should raise your children. So friends, we want to be very honest and clear about our role as youth ministry. We're not the priority. We aren't the first call for your kids. We aren't the people that God has placed above and beyond everyone else in your kid's life. We come after you we're here to support you and we're here to help you in every way that we possibly can to see your children grow up in the fear and admonition of the lord but i think it's important for us to understand this reality that the way that god has designed life and the way that god has designed ministry is that the family comes before the church and so mom dad it's your responsibility And you should take God seriously at his word to train up your child in a way that would reflect that you love him and honor him and seek to glorify him. And and not only that in your Christian life, that's something that you want for yourself, but that's something that you want for your children. And so you train them up in the very things that you know and love. That is a responsibility given to you. And it's a joy for us in youth ministry to come alongside you and see that happen in the lives of your kids. We get to come alongside and know your kids. And, and look, we've seen this work in our ministry time in and time out. Uh, we've seen it where a kid approaches us with something they're not comfortable talking about at home. And, and we want you to understand our role in that isn't to somehow take lead in your kid's life. 
Our desire and our role in that kind of situation is to come back to you and say, here's what we're hearing. Here's what we've learned. Here's what we know about your son or your daughter. And we want you to understand we're working in a partnership. We're not trying to replace parents. We're not trying to trump parents. We're trying to come alongside parents and say, how can we help you? And we, that's why the first three points of this are important. We think the best way we can help you is making much of Jesus to all of your kids. But I think it's important for us to also set this tone and make it very clear that our role in youth ministry is to support you. Because of that, not only is it that uh, in the way that we care for your children, but I hope you know that it's also in the way that we relate to one another. And so I remind parents all the time, it's true for me in high school ministry, and I know it's true for you in the other ministries we have at our church. But if you ever have need of anything, uh, I have a phone number, I have an email, you can come, uh, I have it on a card downstairs, you can come grab one if you ever needed it. But we're available to you. If there's something going on in your home and you'd like us to help you, or, or you'd like us to come around and be praying for you and support you, we don't know until we know. But we have a relationship that's established in our church where we can get to know each other and help each other in seeing Christ known in the lives of these students. So we're here to support parents. Number five, we're here to see spiritual maturity. Now, we're kind of at the point where we've entitled this thing to maturity and beyond. Um, Maturity is one of the biggest things we want to see in the lives of these students. And so uh, maybe let me set the, the record straight. It does not bother me so much that we get a freshman that enters into the ministry and they're goofy and they're a clown and they still pick their nose and they don't use deodorant yet. Like, I mean, that does bother a little bit, but I get it. What would be strange for me is if that child, that kid, is still the same when they're a senior. That's where I'm going to have a lot of questions. Um, Not just about them, but also myself. So I obviously have not said something. We obviously haven't made it clear. So something's also wrong with me at that point. What is most challenging is to see where growth is stagnant. And so in our ministry, we have a, especially in high school, I would say, it's just so interesting. We get ninth graders who come in who've been on the heels of, are coming straight from junior high and children's where things were really, really different. And then we have seniors who are the cool kids now. And so they're like, what fun and candy? I don't do that anymore. I'm a big kid. And so it's like, okay, guys, relax. You're not. I even like candy. So it's, it's interesting to watch those two groups merge, but I think it's also really good for us to see that. It's really good for us to see that throughout the life of our ministry, kids come in one way and they leave another way. And you don't want that maturity to be one that's pharisaical, but you want that one to be one that's spiritual and one that really above all things is growing out of a love for Christ. Ephesians 4, 11, he gave apostles and prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And we, we love this verse because it reminds us of what we're doing in ministry. We all feel like we've been given a stewardship if we serve in this ministry uh, to, to do work for the sake of Jesus. And yet we also understand and we rejoice in seeing what that kind of work produces by the power of God and by his grace, really. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 
Friends, that's good news for me because I can't ever get tired of ministry. I can't ever give up on being a high school pastor. Why? I'm supposed to keep at it until we reach the mature manhood, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's something that's not gonna happen in this life. So that's good news for all of us. In youth ministry, it is hard work, but it's good work because we're watching as kids grow and develop in their maturity to a point that we won't be able to produce. And so I've always got work to do and I always can expect more from our students. And it's a joy to do that. It's a joy to see that. It's a joy to experience that. And yet that doesn't give me room to not desire to see that in the lives of these students. And so that's our goal in ministry. We make much of Jesus because in it, we want to present students to Christ that are mature in him. Now, can we get one thing clear? Maturity at 18 looks different than it does at 45. Yes? So we take the wins that we can get. And we take the victories that come to us as much as they can for kids between 13 and 18. We don't lower the standard. And we're not talking even here about how we think of sin. Sin is sin no matter how old you are. We understand that. However, there is obviously a very big difference between the students we're ministering to and the Christian life that you've been on for 30 years. We're taking not only the wins we can get, but we're being realistic about that. And so in youth ministry, we're taking maturity for the age that we're working with. And I hope that you can understand that part of our ministry too. We deal with a lot of weird things in the ministry. We deal with a lot of interesting kids and a lot of uh, stuff that you definitely wouldn't see at Grace Life. So I get that. Um, you know, commission is blessed. They won't ever have their house TP'd. That's great. We deal with those things because it's just a part of the life and the ministry that we're in. And we rejoice in that. And we rejoice in seeing as these kids come to grips with the reality that who I was is not who I can continue to be. I need to grow up. I need to develop. And I need to become someone who is mature and someone who has fixed his gaze upon growing in Christ. Number six, because we're expecting spiritual maturity, we do know that one way that this happens in the lives of our students is by expecting much of them. So we don't dumb down the gospel. We don't dumb down what we expect of them. In fact, we probably give them more opportunity than than others might think is necessary. And so number six, we give them opportunity to serve. Some churches get really skittish about high schoolers helping with their events and their VBS. And I get that because very quickly, you know, one of our high schoolers is in the dodgeball pit and there's a kid that's just got a concussion. So that could be bad. We understand that. However, there, there is a little bit in ministry an aspect to how are you to grow unless you experience things for yourself. And so we love it. And it's an awesome privilege over the last year to have seen it. How excited our kids are to serve at Shepherds Conference, at VBS, uh, to help in any way in their Bible study, whether it's a worship team or a welcome team or a prayer team. Our kids are adamant about serving. And we're careful for sure about who we put out there at all times. And yet at the same time, we want students to understand that if they're taking God seriously, if they're maturing in who God is, if they're maturing in their understanding of him, and they're watching as he works in their life, they must then be useful for him. 
1 Peter 4.10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. 1 Corinthians 12.4-7, there are varieties of gifts, the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We love to see this happen in the lives of our students. And let me make it clear too, when we say that we give service opportunities, it isn't simply that there's some kind of formal thing for your student to do all the time. It's that we watch as the various activities, the various service, the various gifts are displayed in the one another's, one student to another. And it's easy to pinpoint. Matt could tell you this. Anyone that serves in our ministry could tell you this. It's easy to see that kid loves to pray for other people. That kid loves to see who's in need and how they can help them. That kid loves God's word. And in small group, they can't stop talking. Sometimes a little bit too much, but a lot of times we like it. It's easy to see those things. And so one of the reasons we love youth ministry is because we give an opportunity for our young people to see how God is fitting them for gospel ministry now and even in the future. It's a blessing to see that. It's a joy for us to see that. We don't want students who are in junior high or in high school to graduate from those ministries and to move on into the life of the church and feel like they have no idea how they're going to be a blessing to this church. We want students who are in this ministry to begin working all of that out so that when that time comes, that they've matured and now they're an adult and they're in a church and they're a church member, they're not asking, how do I serve? They're looking for ways to serve. They're approaching leaders and saying, if there's anything I can do, count on me. I'm happy to help. If there's ever a time where I can help set up a a prayer meeting, I'd love to do that. But we want them to be proactive, and so we encourage them, even in our ministries, to serve. The true test of a Christian is that he lives like one, and he serves like one. And, And so we're grateful that in our ministries, we get an opportunity to watch as students flesh that out. Number seven. We give opportunities to serve. Number seven, fun is good, dare I say, necessary. So far, our our talk has been mainly through the spiritual growth that happens in our ministry by means of God's word, by means of our support of families, by means of our instilling spiritual maturity and making much of Christ by having these service opportunities. And yet here, I think we do find maybe the key distinction between youth ministry at Grace and the other ministries that exist here. And it's a good one, and it's a fun one. Uh, We talked about this to set the tone for ourselves, but Ecclesiastes 11.9, right? Rejoice in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Uh, We try to set up an environment in our youth ministries that's fitting for the demographic we're working with. And so in our, in our youth ministries, you'll know that fun is just a part of what we do. Uh, Sunday mornings, we might start downstairs with a huge game of Kahoot. I always got three kids that tell me they don't have a phone yet, and I say, that's okay, one day. And so it's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll do games downstairs. We'll do games Wednesday nights. We go to Camp Regen, which, um, it, yeah, we do go to Camp Regen. And it's going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome time. Um, it, it's going to be fun. There's going to be field games, games inside. We do all kinds of crazy stuff. And let me be honest, at times, kids have gotten hurt doing this kind of thing. 
you know, last week I preached no pain, no gain. That's youth ministry, baby. It's just what we're doing. Uh, now, let me make it clear. It's never our intention for that kind of thing to happen. Um, but that is life. And more importantly for us, what I'd like to make clear in, in this portion of our youth ministry talk is simply this. Uh, we're trying to relate to your kid in any way we know how, in any way possible. I mean, you've heard Pastor John say it from the pulpit. He loves it when kids are jumping in the fountain. I don't even let my own kids do that, but that's your pastor. That's Grace Church's pastor. He wants kids to feel welcomed here, like they're loved here, and like we know who they are and that they can enjoy life here. And so when we have fun, it's actually something we do that's purposeful. It's a way by which we get to relate to students and continue to connect with them. And also it's a way by which we can allow that youthfulness to flesh itself out. It's a good thing. And it's something we prioritize because we care deeply about these students. If our demographic was different, it probably would look different. If our demographic was 35 to 55, I probably wouldn't need it. But because we love 13 to 18 year olds, and because junior high loves the 12 year old, the 11 year old, because children love kids of all ages, we make sure that we make ministry in a way that shows them that kind of love. And so fun is just a, a small part of that. And I think it's good to note this too. We've, and I've had it even as a pastor, you know, shouldn't you, shouldn't you just be in the Bible the entire time? Uh, honestly, the fun is good, but the Bible is the priority of our ministry. And so I, I'd welcome this and I'd say this, you're welcome to come down anytime. You're welcome to come check out what we do in 180. You're welcome to go snoop in on junior high. You're welcome to, well, children's a little bit different. I, I would say that's kind of creepy. But check in. Get to know these ministries. None of them are trying to hide anything from you. And when you do, I think what you'll notice is as much fun as we have, the priority of our ministry is God's word. It is Jesus Christ. It is making him known. Camp Region is a great example of that. We have a ton of fun, but we also have eight different sessions by which we're teaching the word of God. We also have eight different times by which we have small groups with these kids. We also have free time by which I tell our staff and Matt tells our staff, why don't you take time during those two hours and meet one-on-one with a kid that you haven't been able to yet. Set up those relationships, set up that discipleship that'll fuel your ministry for the year ahead. We have a ton of fun. We also care so much more about the word of God and watching it work in the lives of our students. Now, why is it that youth ministry can take those kinds of liberties? I think it's because of number eight here. Youth ministry is part of the church. It's not the church. Youth ministry is part of the church. It's not the church. Second Timothy 2.2. 2. <clears throat> you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I think in the beauty of uh, Paul's ministry to Timothy, we see as this younger man is being built up in the faith by an older discipler. And in that, we see that there's an entrusting that's happening. And yet Paul recognizes Timothy's got to grow up on his own too. He's being strengthened by the grace of Christ. And even as he's um, heard of this entrustment that Paul has for him, he also has to teach others and all of this in due time. And for us in youth ministry, we recognize that we are not the summation of your, your kid's Christian walk. This isn't the, the whole of what's happening in their life. 
It's not ride or die on youth ministry. We love youth ministry. We prioritize youth ministry, but we are a part of what God is doing in the lives of your student. And in particularly as it comes to the life of this church. So we encourage our students very adamantly. Yes, youth ministry at 11 is great. And at nine o'clock, you should be with the rest of God's people. At nine o'clock, you should be hearing from the word of God from Pastor John. If you're a believer, you should partake in those things that believers do. Come Sunday night and witness as others are baptized into the faith. Come and partake in communion if you're a Christian. If you're a believer, take part of the whole church, not just a part of the church. Youth ministry was never meant to thrive in isolation. And that's why you see the demise of so many churches around us. Many churches have desired to become a youth ministry. When church becomes youth ministry, it goes bad. Let youth ministry be youth ministry. Let the church be the church. We are a part of something much bigger that God is doing. And so because of that, we recognize our responsibility is only a part of what God is doing. That's in part because it's not the church. That's also in part because of something we mentioned earlier, that youth ministry is part of what God is doing, but the, most, the priority of what God is doing is that God is working through the families to make these kids what he intends them to be. Now, I recognize as I say that, that some of these kids don't have a family background by which they're going to foster or care about these kids' spirituality. But I would say this, that is also a a bit more the minority at our church than the majority. Many of you are church members, believers that love the Lord Jesus. And so I will remind you time 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 and time again, really, that the priority of your child's stewardship and the stewardship of grace in their life is the home. And we're here to support that. Number nine and 10 are related and we're gonna close with this. Number nine, leaders who shepherd. Leaders who shepherd. In 1 Peter 5, Paul writes to us, shepherd the flock of of God that is among you. And here he's writing to elders, but I think we also recognize the heart behind this. And it's something that we seek to offer in our youth ministry. Shepherd the flock that's among you. So (laughs) we, uh, we recognize that in our youth ministry, Uh, This isn't a free-for-all, so we don't ask teenagers to sit in a room and shepherd one another. That would be awful. Um, What we do is we provide uh, members from our church who are committed to shepherding these kinds of students, who are committed to the younger generation, who come in and have a particular spiritual maturity, a particular desire to love young people. And we ask those people to become the kind of examples that these high schoolers and these junior hires and these children need. And they're to shepherd the flock that's among them. I don't work in ministry in isolation. The, the best thing I've found as a high school pastor is that I have a team of people that I can trust in to work with these kids. Matt's one of them. So if, if you haven't had a chance to get to know him, he's an elder. He's the elder in our ministry in high school. Uh, but also we have eight shepherds who help shepherd different Bible studies in our group. We have four separate Bible studies. Each has uh, two. Actually, one has three and the other has one. But checks out to eight anyway. Uh, those eight shepherds are there to really take oversight of those groups in a way in which it, it helps me and blesses me because I don't have to worry about 300 different students at the same time. It makes it manageable for me as a pastor, and that's awesome. And those men put a lot of work into making sure that their Bible studies are shepherded well with love, care, and a priority of God's word. 
And yet those guys aren't there by themselves either. Each of them have a team of staff, men and women who are willing to take of their time to be of blessing to young people. Friends, this is what we offer in youth ministry. It's not just some pastor going and teaching on a Sunday morning, and it's not just throwing candy out on a Wednesday night. It's actually providing the church as a whole and bringing them in to our youth ministry so these kids can see what they are to become. These are the kinds of people that we want these students to look up to. And so there's a process for that when you're entering into a student ministry capacity or entering into a staff capacity in our ministries. Now, we go through a process by which you apply and we interview you and we vet and we not only check for spiritual maturity, which is important, and we're looking for the kind of people that these students should look up to. We're also checking, are you the kind of person that really wants to work with a high school? It's really fun to say that you'd like to be around 15-year-olds and then we ask you, come down one Sunday morning. And I've already had it a few times. I want to serve in high school. Okay, great. Come down Sunday morning. You know what, Pastor? I am going to thank you so much. All right. Hey, awesome. I'd much rather that. I'd much rather you come and see, have a realistic view of what we're asking for and make sure that your heart isn't just prepared to lead in that ministry, but truly to love in that ministry. And so we ask you to understand that in our youth ministries, we're really looking for leaders who shepherd. And because of that, that leads us to number 10 here. Our youth ministry is meant to provide pastoral care. It's probably the most beautiful thing that I see in our ministry is that not only myself, but all of our leaders, we're committed to knowing the situations, knowing the the state of each of these kids' heart. We want to know the ups and downs that they're going through. We want to know not just how they're doing in school, but how they're doing in their friendships, how they think about relationships, what kind of career they want to have, what kind of life they're looking to live, what kind of life they aspire to. We want to know everything as much as we can about them so that we can provide the kind of pastoral care that they need. Our ministry matters because in it, we get to shepherd souls. We're watching not only as students grow, but we're also providing what God has designed and desired for his people that they would have those who would tend to them, those who would help them when they're hurting, those who would be of blessing to them when they're in need, those who would rejoice with them when they're rejoicing. And I love seeing that. I've seen it so many times over the last year. Our staff aren't just there for them when they need something. Our staff are there at their games. Our staff are there at their recitals. Our staff are there at their graduations. And that means so much to them. And we're so excited and blessed to be a part of that kind of thing. Do we get to everything? Probably not. But we're committed to trying. And we're committed to being people in their life that they can look up to. And people in their life that show that the care that's shown to them in the church has a face. They're real people. And you've got the verses here for what that pastoral care should look like. I'll read this one for you. Proverbs 27, 23, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Acts 20, 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. This is the kind of ministry we aspire to. 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, uh, these are written to elders, but they also personify and they characterize what every leader in our ministry is expected to live up to. They're to be the kind of people that set an example and that also go out and care about these students intentionally. 
Our ministries exist because students need care. And the world evidently has already given up on them. We see that not only in a, it's not necessarily that we see that in a passive way. I think our world has shown they've given up on our youth because of the way they've aggressively come at them with evil and wickedness and really a warped mind. And because of that, I think a youth ministry like ours, it matters more than ever. We have a privilege and a stewardship to serve these kids in a day and age that really does not care about the younger generation. A day and age that would only seek to tamper with what God would desire for these young people. And so we have a stewardship that we care deeply about because these students are under attack and we want to be a part of the people that shepherd and love them. This is how youth ministry at our church exists and it's how we seek to run it. It's, a, it's an awesome joy for all of us who are a part of it. And I hope that through this, you come to understand our ministry a, a little better. Here's what I'd like to do now. Uh, I believe we still have some time. We do. Um, if you have any questions uh, about youth ministry or you'd like to come up and, and ask anything, uh, I'll be here. And so I'd love for you to come up and chat with me. I'd love to get to know you even uh, if we haven't had the, the pleasure of doing that before. Um, I want to thank you for coming uh, this morning to hear more about youth ministry at Grace. And again, if there's anything that you need from us, we'd love to be a blessing to you. Uh, let me pray with us and then we'll dismiss. Father, we thank you for the blessing it is to be at a church like Grace where we get to serve students and be of an encouragement to them. Thank you that uh, students have a soul as well. And so we have a stewardship not only to proclaim the gospel to them, but to watch as you work mightily in their lives. And we pray that you would. We pray that you would continue to save and sanctify amidst our ministries. Thank you for the stewardship you've given us. Hundreds of children and junior hires and high schoolers that are a privilege for us to serve. And we pray that we would be faithful in that and that in our church, we would have a mutual understanding that this is a noble ministry because this is one that is making much of Jesus. There's so far less to do about ourselves, so much more to do with the gospel of your son. Continue to work mightily in us as we seek to trust in you. Thank you for this time we've had together this morning. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.